0: If you're horny, because we sure are. Beep beep <laughs> beep beep. <laughs> you're listening to America's most dissociative podcast, The Pod People. I'm Matisse Van Rossum, and I'm in your garage, looking at your Toyota Corolla. Steam coming out my ears, eyes popping out my head, tongue rolling
1: like a curtain, going <laughs>
2: Ka-chow, it's Ben Sheets, and really, it's all about family. <laughs> Hello, I'm Cleveland Mosier, and when I grow up, I want to be a fire truck.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh
0: man, this episode is starting so well, boys. For a little peek behind the curtain, this is like the first time we've recorded an episode in like three weeks. Even though we've got you've gotten that good content every week, uh, but we're we're back in the same room together to talk about. Uh, the the ex- exciting and sexy new film from uh, Julia Ducournau, who brought you Raw. We're, of course, talking about Titan, uh, starring Vincent Linden and Agatha Rousset. Uh And it's about a girl who fucks a car.
2: But really, it's all about. But
1: family. really, but really, in the
0: end, it's all about family. I,
2: mean, I guess, <laughs> <laughs> goddamn spoilers. But like, uh, we, uh, yeah. and she,
0: yeah. fucks, she fucks the car like five minutes into the movie. All exactly. cars, <laughs> are, and,
2: and, and yeah, the 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 trailer does imply lots of uh, cars and sexuality. That yeah. is, uh, I do want sexuality. to say all car movies are about family. Yes, it's, it's true. Required And by fucking law. cars in some capacity. Uh, even cars. Yeah.
0: Exactly. Well, I mean. There's no humans in the car universe. I mean, universe, you see so you car have to babies. Well, so you just well, have there,
2: to... there aren't any humans when we enter the car universe. Right. But there were humans before,
0: presumably. I,
2: okay, okay. Can we can we go ahead and start this podcast out? Let's just get it out of the way. Let's get all of my cars theories out of the way if we could.
0: Okay, now we're talking about Disney Pixar's Pixar Cars. Yeah, we, well, we need to. Good chow It's, 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 it's going to come
2: up at some point, and it, it might as well just start with it, and get it, you know, like, rip off the Band-Aid. Okay, here's the thing. I have a couple of points on Cars, right? I've been talking to some friends about this
0: okay. Welcome to our <laughs> horror podcast.
2: Yeah. Hey, no, Cars is a horror movie, all right? Let okay, me explain.
0: All right, all right, I'm listening.
2: Okay, here's, listening. here's the thing about Cars, I'm sure this, this theory has been touted around online or something or whatever, but I don't know. I haven't read it. But as far as I'm concerned, uh, the Cars universe, and, uh, Stephen King's Maximum Overdrive exist in the same universe. Okay. Um, we're looking at a post-Man Maximum Overdrive, where all the cars and electronics became sentient, they killed all of, all of Man, except for some. And some developed eyes and mouths. Yes. Um, uh, they would, you know, were as required by evolution. And, um car evolution. Uh You know, like, we get the sequences in cars where – in, in Maximum Overdrive. See, it, that's how, like, similar they are. You know, I just – I get them mixed <laughs> up. Uh, where, like, the, the people are, like, having to gas up the trucks until they, they collapse uh-huh. because the, they don't understand that. So, assumedly, that's what happened Last of Man, right? But here's the thing, right? They still need the gas, right? So, the last few remaining humans, in order to survive, were placed into cars. so Like, they are inside the cars, Still, but the cars have resorted to biofuel, if you get what I mean. So like every one of those cars in those movies, and now th- there actually is like some incredible fan concept art of this, of like a person like strapped up inside of a car with like all of their orifices like plugged into into fucking so Lightning a, McQueen. So it sounds me. like Cars Hentai. It, 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 it's like Geiger esque and it's uh, the like on the inside. Yeah, it's, it's the, matrix. the Matrix but like a portable Matrix where okay, they all sure. carry a person around for biofuel inside of Lightning McQueen and Mater and you know all the others is. Is a man strapped in credit to this the the artist who made that like look it up you'll you'll see it it rules it's a really it's a great piece of art it's very similar to like the uh the fall guys. Thing that has like a, a the, the person the skeleton, the skeleton yeah. inside, um, a very similar vibe uh, where there's just like a person like strapped up to this thing, subsisting off the interior of this uh, of Lightning McQueen, and it it just to me like it it's just it sums up the whole of the franchise. We also need to recognize now this 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 is a funny online theory that that there's a sequence in like one of the Cars movies where they have to like go through airport security, which. You know, like it imp- means
0: that canonically 9/11 happened, happened in, in the, the cars, cars' universe. <laughs> right? so
2: uh, which, which really like will, opens up a whole other can of worms. we don't need wow. to go down. but
0: uh, I would love to see what uh, what car-based uh, Islamic terrorism is like. I mean, right. Right.
2: car-based skyscrapers are just carvana, right? Like you're right. Wow. pressing yeah. it. Mm-hmm. pressing yeah, it it's true. They're before their time. Yeah, I think Elon Musk with, like, his weird parking garage thing he's trying to build that will probably never be made is, like, trying to usher in, like, like, the like era. Just, like,
0: anything that Elon Musk... Yeah, like, usher <laughs> in, like, the
2: make. yeah the era of the automotive man. Uh, yeah, so that's that's essentially my theory. Uh, but I also want to uh, bring on another point uh, that is equally horrifying, that in the Cars universe... Now, I've had a lot of discussions of this, and, and many people have, have disagreed with me. But as far as I'm concerned... Um, I think, I think it is pretty wild because, like, when we, we look at a car and we see a, a face on a car, we see the headlights as the eyes and the mouth. Mm-hmm. But in the car's universe, the eyes are the windshield. Right. Um, uh, which is just wrong. Um, now, now, granted, they, it needs to be the windshield because you need to cover up the fact that there isn't There's a person inside, inside of that car, car, which is right. horrifying. So I get it. But also, it leads to so many other implications. Uh, the most, the worst one being that that means that the headlights are nipples. Um, and I really, really don't like I this. I don't know about that. <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> no hold on. I, in, I know. In
0: what, in what anatomy are nipples above your mouth?
2: None, which is why it's horrifying, but hear me out. Hear me out. It is, it is also canonically shown in the cars universe. There is a sequence where Lightning McQueen is at the top of his game, and two lady cars show up, and they have the kind of headlights that flip up, or whatever and they fla- they flip up their high beams at him and go oh, woo, like that or whatever it really awful joke frankly like especially <laughs> in a kids movie and Lightning McQueen says something alongs of like I love my job really skeezy and awful uh so yeah he gets like literally flashed by these like two other cars and like he gets gratification from it so like whether or not like they serve as, serve as like biological nipples they do serve as like Uh, like, like, culturally, um, they, they serve as, like, like, uh, titularly as nipples. Um, which Titularly, quite literally. Right, and, and, and of course, you know, some people might say, well, but some cars have their nipples out all the time. Yes, some guys on beaches do as well, so, like, it still works. And, uh, it's horrifying, and I don't like it. Hmm. So, uh, and again, yeah, nipples above the mouth, it's a big problem. Uh, and that's cars. And now, now it's out. I mean, I, I think your biofuel theory has
1: a lot of weight. Like, I've asked myself, you know, on a weekly basis,
2: <laughs> do cars eat? What do they eat? People. How do they eat? Fluid. <laughs> Interior. It, the, the food is already inside them. It's, it's really horrible. What happens when they run out of that fuel? They get more. Do they just have, like, a mass people farm people yeah.
0: oh god like the matrix <laughs> yeah
2: that's probably what tomato's job is before you know he's like probably right he's just you know just like out you know like on a people farm you know towing people from farm to farm
0: can we talk about titan
2: it's please? time no we, yeah, we're <laughs> done we're done here uh the, the band-aid's been ripped off we can we can move into uh titane or uh however you choose to pronounce it because it's french there isn't a right way
0: um. <laughs> That's true. I think there objectively is a correct way to pronounce it. Not to me. I think. I think it's. I, they say it once in the movie. I think it's Titan.
1: But uh, I, I've been saying full Titan Full disclosure I looked it up before Because I didn't want to look like a fool On this episode Oh, well, that's no fun And it is Titan, But okay. uh, oh, gonna... I, I was saying Titan I was saying Titan Yeah I was saying
0: I've been saying Titan it, it, It's French You know We're not, we're not <laughs> native We're not native French speakers um, But this is the newest film From Julia du Cornell. Who uh, did raw, which we talked about earlier this year, uh, one of my favorite horror movies of the of the 2010s. I would say that the trailer for this movie was not particularly like forthcoming, like what the movie's about. Um, but uh, it definitely set the tone in the regard that like just like Raw, this is gonna be like hypersexual extremely uncomfortable and, like, very unflinching from, like, what it's trying to show you. Yeah, and definitely something to do with
2: sexuality in cars. And cars. Because, like, honestly, the the trailer is a new favorite of mine in terms of not giving anything away about your film, but still uh, giving you a full sense of what the movie is going to feel like.
0: Yeah, it's a, it's a vibes trailer, and I think it's the best way to do this kind of movie because, yes. like, as we get into talking about the, the plot— it is. It's very weird. Like it's. Yeah, and I would say it's hard, it's hard, to, it's hard, would, it's hard to describe. I would too. say
1: the the film even takes a very drastic narrative left turn that's yes. not signaled in the in the trailer. No, mm. not and at all. And that's what I think the strength of the trailer is. It shows elements and aesthetics and even vibes, like you said, but it keeps the actual story Mm. plot
2: side very vague and and with that man spoilers be warned because like yeah yeah, this this movie rules if it is I don't think it's still in theaters uh, by the time we're, we're putting this out. But man, yeah, if it by is. By the time this episode comes it. out,
0: probably not. Maybe you yeah. might get lucky. Um,
2: if you enjoy, like, films, or, or like, appreciate it. Enjoy might be the wrong word. If but you, if you appreciate, like, films that, like, make you, like, deeply uncomfortable and unsettled, this is a masterclass. If
0: you have seen Raw and liked it, you will like this movie. Yeah, and frankly, um, like, it is,
2: it is really designed for, like, theater speaker systems and, like, big screen, just filling your vision with... Ugh.
1: <laughs> if you like, <laughs>
2: like art house horror, um, you will definitely
1: like this as well. This is so wild that it won the Palme d'Or at Cannes. Yes, it did. Because I, I think it's one of the most extreme, wild movies to ever win that. Like, normally, it's, like, they you know, a serious dramas yeah. and uh, very... Emotionally driven movies And while this movie is certainly Emotionally driven in a lot of ways It's way more Fucking weird It's weird as fuck yeah, One of the weirdest movies I've seen it's, frankly. it's
0: surreal I think that And this can start leading us into the plot a little bit But my, my theory on this film Is that very little of it is meant to be Interpreted literally I think yes. that there's I think that the movie as a whole Is meant to be a sort of violent uh, dissociative hallucination by the protagonist.
2: And, and equal I, parts allegory.
0: Y- yes, for sure. To uh, sound
2: hyper pretentious, I, but well, it is. That, that's,
0: that's that's my point why, like, it's not meant to be taken literally. Like, I think she is, I think our, our protagonist, and I'll, I'll talk about, like, what I think is the, the definitive turning point where she, like, completely dissociates from reality. Sure. But I think there is, I think there's a little bit of it, from even the the very beginning, sure. um, but like I don't think this is a movie that you're supposed to go into and watch it and be like, this doesn't make sense because this couldn't happen. What's going on? Like, let's
2: make clear for early on. It's it's, it's, yeah, it's, like, it's, it's <laughs> which is which is yeah to its credit. Um, so just yeah. yeah, please, if you haven't seen this film and this sounds like your kind of thing, um, and maybe even if it isn't, you know, like just. Please watch it first. So much of the the tension and journey is built on like the unexpected yeah. and like the and this film is a tension movie and, and so much of that is built around like just not knowing how something is gonna play out. And God, yeah, please, please go watch this film. It it's amazing. Yeah, but like you
1: said, Tease, like I feel like this is a very metaphor heavy movie and what I think works for me a little bit more than raw with this one is it also hits the balance like raw does of kind of realism quote unquote with surrealism yeah you know it gives you very surreal elements and tries to intertwine it with very realistic approaches intensely realistic kind of characterizations and stuff like that and um i think for me it works here so well because the the surreal elements are so pronounced hmm. and so intense that it doesn't stretch my suspension of disbelief because uh, you know there's more of a distinction there where when raw like I feel like the distinction is more gray where yeah, sure. I, I can see how that works for mm-hmm. a lot of people, but for me it didn't always work. Yeah.
2: And what's so impressive is whenever there are those moments of, like, what could be described as, like, a psychotic break or whatever, like, there is so much attention to to detail and feeling and and, and tactile sensation that even as profoundly odd as these events are, they still feel really tangible. You can reach out and, and, and touch them. Like, or they're really reaching out, trying to touch you. <laughs> and uh, for they're trying for me, to like, win you over. Yeah. Um, or through. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and it's, it's a lot. I'm going to go ahead and, and say it. Uh, if I, if I had to sum summer, summer up, like how this movie made me feel, it made me feel really weird about Optimus Prime or sorry. It made me hot for Optimus Prime in a really uncomfortable way. Optimus Prime. Like I was like, I was like, Ooh, Optimus Prime. And like, and I was like. Oh, and, and the feeling like wretched and guilty about it. Like this movie's gets yeah. buck wild, man. Much,
0: much like, much like Raw, it is an intensely erotic film. Yeah, uh, but kind of like similarly to Raw, in in a way where like the eroticism is mixed with something grotesque and taboo mm-hmm. in a way that like you're not supposed it's not supposed to be sexy
2: it's not you know it, it definitely isn't kind of is a little bit <laughs> but, but that's why it's so uncomfortable yeah. right is because like it's still like so dripping with sexuality right that it ooh, yeah, yeah. like ugh. i well,
1: mean honestly I for me i i think this movie is much less erotic than raw god I because <laughs> because outside of the you know the car sequence there is a very pronounced distance of our main character to sexual experiences. And while there's definitely an exploration of themes of desire and things like that, and there is definitely sexual explicit, sexually explicit content and nudity, I don't find it as explicitly sexual well, it's as it's often Raw. objectifying,
2: like like a car, you know? Like, I, think it's,
0: I think it's kind of the inverse of Raw in the regard where, like, Raw gets progressively more erotic throughout the film, mm. and Titan starts very erotic and gets progressively less so yes. as the movie goes on.
2: Oh, well, and it, it turns you on and then contorts it, which is. Very cool, and again, by design. Like, like this movie, like does everything it can to activate you. Then it twists the knife, and it, it is truly subversive. Truly.
0: <laughs> well, <laughs> let's let's start let's start talking about the story a little. Let's bit. Let's get into the details. Um, get yeah, in, get into some deets. So the film starts with our protagonist, uh, Alexia, as a little girl. Um, she's in the back seat of a car. Her dad's driving. She's being uh, intensely annoying. Uh, she's like making car noises in the back seat. And she's like glaring well, at him.
2: She's matching the humming of the, of the shift changes. Yeah. Like like whenever there's a. Mm, 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 mm. But what's funny like,
0: about it is, she, is, she's like glaring at her dad, like in so the rear premiere, focused, like, while she's doing it, like. And he gets frustrated, and at one point she takes her seatbelt off, and he like turns around, and be like, "Put your fucking seatbelt back on," and spins out of control, hits the the side the wall of, on the highway. Uh, cut to the hospital. Well,
2: don't forget in that shot too, we see like her head slam against the door from the outside. Yes. It's like and there's like a really heavy impact, and yeah. she's a child. It's it's a lot.
0: So we we cut to uh, the hospital. We see, like, her x-ray, and, like, we see her, and she's got, like, a big gnarly scar on the side of her head that hit the door, and, you know, the doctor is, like, showing the x-ray, and they're they're saying, like, yeah, we've put, like, a really, like, strong titanium plate into her skull, uh, because it was bust the fuck open, Uh, hence the title, T10, French for titanium, Uh, but... Immediately after that, they're leaving the hospital. She walks out to the car, and the first thing she does is like hugs it and like starts like kissing the window. Jump uh, forward in time.
1: Well, before we jump past that moment, yeah, let's talk- like uh, <laughs> well, it, sets, I, it sets up the, the next part of the film very
0: well. well it sure I, does. I, I
1: think it's a, a good metaphor, like you said, for kind of people's relationship with trauma. Yeah. You know, this was a tra- traumatic event and she's immediately going back to it and kind of fixating on it yeah. as trauma sometimes happens to emphasize.
0: Well, and as we see through the rest of the film, that trauma has irreparably changed her, has mm-hmm. like set her on the, the course of her life because we jump forward to present day after that. Um, when she's, she's a fully grown woman, I think at one point they say she's like 30 or 32 or something like that. This scene reminded me very much of the party scene in raw, where they do like the, the single, like prolonged take, like throughout the whole party, they do the exact same thing here, following her as she walks into like this car show. And it takes you around like the whole exhibition and there's like girls dancing on car, like strippers, like dancing on the cars and stuff. And it comes back around and we see her now unclothed and she is one of these erotic auto show dancers and she's like licking the hood of the car and like humping it and stuff like that. Very sexy. Well it's 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 like
2: it, it's neat because like um the other strippers are like they're dancing on the cars. They're being sexual for men on cars. Right. She Her dancing style is more like she's sexual for the car. She's yeah. trying and like it's almost like her secret like the movie almost like treats it like her secret power. Because like all all the men come around to her because like she's being she's the, the, the most, most overt. Intuitive. Right. Yeah. And like yeah. Um, and it's, it's different. It's like, there, there's such a a new level of kink to it because like, it's like clear, like she wants the car. She's truly giving Lightning McQueen a lap dance. Yes.
1: And
0: And to be introduced to this, like right immediately after we see like the accident and she, the first thing she does is go out and like kiss the car as like a child. We've seen like, okay, so from that accident happening, you know, when she's, Pre-pubescent, like it has crossed some wires in her head where hot wired, even hot wired, yeah, <laughs> hot wheeled, uh, <laughs> where she as as she has grown up and like been through puberty and developed a sense of sexuality that 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 those wires have been crossed with how she feels about cars. Which? So she has she has chained her sexuality to automobiles,
2: mm-hmm. which reminded me uh immediately of it, it was doing the rounds a couple years ago, uh probably like five five or six years ago, of the these clips from like the TLC channel of these people who like were. Oh yeah, dating my, their my car. Strange
0: My Strange Addiction. The That's episode the one. where the dude is like yeah, he's in Dating he's in,
2: his car. Dating his car. And the and also the, the person who is in love with a roller coaster. And yeah. like and not riding the roller coaster and uh, well, traditionally, uh but <laughs> but like is like like caressing like one of the structural supports of it, and like like earnestly like sees it as a lover. Yeah. Um. Really, something else. I'm not necessarily like uh coming uh, from a position of authority to comment on on that uh yeah. sort of thing, but it was definitely what I was reminded of. Is is these people who like um who really see these like inanimate objects as um like sources of affection. And hey, you know what? That coaster is never going to cheat on you. That car. It's uh, you know, it's it's never gonna leave you. I mean, unless it gets impounded or something. Yeah, but like- yeah. I
0: mean, well, that's the problem with anthropomorphizing uh, inanimate objects is they won't quote-unquote cheat on you until you project that they're cheating on you onto them. You're already projecting <laughs> everything onto them as it is. Yeah, so, sure, like, why not? Yeah. They can do whatever the fuck, you, like, your brain mm-hmm. wants them to. But like, I mean, to I, do, I
2: do understand, though, like, like uh, a perspective of, like, needing, like, a form of emotional support, like, from, like, having whatever other kinds of, like, trauma in your life. Yeah. Like, there being a sense of security in being able to project everything you need onto this thing, like, this inanimate thing. You know, like, well, like it, it's you're safe I, I see you know a, it
1: can never hurt you um, I see a most direct relation obviously to the David Cronenberg movie crash, crash I was gonna where you it up to know you. wires get crossed and people get sexually attracted to being in a car crash yeah and the the the, the whole idea is very similar to Teton where this trauma brings an emotional response to an otherwise distant person yeah. Um, You know, our main character in this film is obviously very cold and very distant with people.
0: Yeah, I mean, we see we see you know shortly after that, like she doesn't have a good relationship with her parents either. Like she lives at home with them, but like. Her dad, particularly, is very cold to her. Probably always has been. Like we kind of see that they don't seem to like each other very much in that in that intro scene. So, like the whole movie is Alexia like seeking that. seeking connection with anybody and. I, I think that, uh, you know, we'll, we'll start getting into uh, when she starts killing people, which happens very shortly after this. And I think that every time that happens, it's because she recognizes that she's not, quote unquote, normal. In the sense that, like, she has this attraction to vehicles and she wants to have a connection with humans. But every time she tries to have a connection with a human being, she gets freaked out and panics and then kills that person. Like, it happens several times in, like, the first third of the movie. Yeah, and
1: and I I think that's a very direct metaphor for trauma. Like, every time we see her get close to someone, we see the residual effects of cars yeah. very literally and we'll talk about that later yes. but that is just a recurring motif that we see those elements and you're pushing down the brake on <laughs> on emotional closeness <laughs> yeah. because yes. of you're these pulling the e-brake blasting on it. effects yeah yeah, yeah.
0: Uh, well, yeah, after the, the car show, um, we see that she's like showering with the, the other dancers. She like starts to sort of flirt with one of these other girls who is uh, our protagonist from Raw. Mm-hmm. Same um, actress. Same actress and same name. She introduces herself as Justine, which is her character's, is that actress's character's name in Raw. I don't think they're supposed to be the same character, but I do think that's a fun little uh, a fun little callback. More on
2: that in a moment. I have more um, things.
0: But yeah, there's there's the there's this sort of funny moment where uh, Alexia gets her hair caught in Justine's nipple piercing, and there's like they spend like two minutes like trying to disentangle it. Did you
2: say hilarious?
0: It's kind of funny. It is kind of funny. I think it's kind of
2: funny. I I was so uncomfortable. I mean,
0: it's it's uncomfortable because it goes on for so long (sighs) and, like, it's painful, but, like, it feels like kind of like a meat cute moment. Because they're, like, like a weird. Wow, I read that differently. Like a weird sort of perverse (laughs) meat cute. Because, like, they're flirting and, like, they, they go on a date later in the movie. So like they're they're oh, they're, yeah, they're like flirting but... and it's like oh shit oh fuck I got my hair caught in your nipple piece oh oh shit okay oh wait nope this is bad ow this really hurts like it's well, it's kind of absurd like
2: the way I saw it is like like the um uh our, our protagonist from Raw like like the the hair is caught like in her nipple piercing and I thought like from her perspective like. She was just like, "Oh shit." Whereas like, um, Alexia, she just didn't seem to care, which had to be really uncomfortable.
1: Well,
0: I mean, like, Alexia has a hard time connecting with people, so right? Well, yeah. I mean,
2: of, of course. So like, like the way like, yeah, she just like handles the whole situation. It like had me like really nervous. Like, the I mean, time. yeah, sure. I it's- mean, that's the thing with this
1: film. Like, I I did find it funny as well, and yeah. I think a lot of this film is mm. very, very like pitch black comedy.
0: Yeah, in a lot of aspects it has a lot of funny moments in like really darkly
2: absurd <laughs> ways and I, and I think that's probably like the way it's meant to be read I think like so. I, th- I think you're right about that it's not how I read it though <laughs> <laughs> yeah like, I just oh it just it really really got me uh and I think too because like I was just so so primed for like some of the sequences in raw but it also had me too I I was talking to Ben about this after we left the movie theater I was I was wondering like is she the same actress who played her sister in raw she's not and she's not mm-hmm. I looked it up she's not but her sister's name in Raw, unless it's I a, got the Alexia. is Alexia.
0: Mm-hmm. What? Yeah, that's right. Weird.
2: And and then here, here's the thing. Um, I definitely think that's by design. Um, because uh, going going back to like the point we established with the father, the movie starts with like her as a child, like, ang it seemingly angry at her father. Yeah, for over something. There's a bit where she feels uncomfortable at the house later, and the dad looks at her. Yeah, and. The dad is like kind of trying to perform it uh clinically.
0: He seems to be a doctor. He's yeah. he's examining her. Mm-hmm. She has
2: abdominal and, pain. And she doesn't want anything to do with it. There are many other themes throughout the film we'll build on uh to do with fatherhood. This yeah, movie has the whole, a second
0: half of the movie. This
2: movie has a lot of incestuous connotations. Sure. Like, and I think I think one of the big factors there is like the sequence that we've we've encountered so far with like the the trauma of like the car crash and like the like her wires being crossed i think can also be a metaphor or even implied like in this reality that she was molested like by her father like there is a lot of movement towards that and it and it also like brings some different light to how she like handles everything with her parents later and and again like the 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 aspects of like fatherhood um as it as it carries on those wires being crossed as well uh, but we can we can we'll dive into that as we continue going but I did want to like bring that theme up now yeah um, cause it's gonna be recurring.
0: Um, well after uh, as she's leaving the the auto show um, she's accosted by a fan who wants an autograph uh, as she's getting into her car. He asks her for, like, a kiss or something, and she, like, rolls down her window a little bit, and then he sort of, like, forces himself on her. Well, he makes it really Um, clear, like,
2: I've been following you. Like, he's definitely set up, like, he's been stalking her.
0: Yeah, for sure. He sort of, like, forces a kiss on her, but then she, like she seems to, like, get into it, kind of. What I read that is, like, she's like, okay, this is a connection with a human, like, I'm gonna try to go for it, or whatever. Hmm. Like, she seems to, like, be sort of trying to earnestly make out with him for a few seconds, but then... Like you know, there's there's the the snap in her head, and she takes out the the chopstick that she has holding her hair up and stabs him in in the ear. Interesting. That's
2: not exactly how I
0: read, and I, I, I think
2: that's a, a a valid read. It might even be like the intent, but,
0: but I, I think the reason that I think that it's that is because she does the same thing with Justine. A later. Little well, bit. Oh, well, listening.
1: I I think I I read it in a similar way, mostly because right after it she. Gets herself to sexual release. With the car. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
2: Mm-hmm. Well, how I saw it was the whole event is, like, forced on her. The guy goes in for a kiss, and he he, he grabs her, like, around the back of the neck. And, yeah. like, he has—the window is down. He has a hold on her. At that point, she cannot get away. And yeah, I— but she,
0: but she resists a little bit at first and then stops resisting. But,
2: yeah, but I, I, I see that, it, like, could, can very much so also be— stopping resisting so that she can get in close enough to to defend herself
0: i don't think the two i don't think the two have to be mutually exclusive they're not like i think i think your your read on that is correct like she's in a position where she can't really resist but there does seem to be a moment where the way that i read her body language is like okay, this is happening, let's go for this. And then very quickly is like, you know what? Nope, nah. And
2: I I, I read it as like, this is happening, I need to sell this. What
0: what reinforces that for me, that scene stripped of context, I agree with you, but what reinforces that for me is after that, like how hard she tries to like make an intimate connection with other people and it always ends in the same result. With people who are not trying to like, force themselves on her or anything. She reacts the exact same way, but she is initiating it to a degree. She's trying to say, like, I need to make this intimate connection with another human being, but every time she tries, her brain, like, shuts down, she goes into a panic, and she reacts by killing them.
2: Well, I, I I saw this event as, like, sort of the, sort of jump-starting that. Up until this point, we haven't necessarily seen that happen. In that capacity, right? And this is this is the event that that kicks off like all that previous trauma, um, where like she has no choice but to defend herself, and now like like that that sense of like connection in people is irreparably severed. I mean, to me, it didn't seem like this was the first person she'd killed.
0: Yeah i i huh. I think huh. that it's I think that it's kind of it's kind of vague, but I also sort of got that impression. Just the way that she responds to actually, like, killing him. Like, she's kind of just like, oh, shit, I gotta clean this up. But she doesn't seem as uh, in in shock as you would think somebody would be for their first time. Well, I think that's largely because like, she's already dissociated. Of
1: missing people in this film that kind of implies that she might be responsible for some of those
0: potentially yeah
1: um we'll circle
0: back around to that uh when we get to the the change in the movie uh because there there are important details there mm -hmm. but after this after she kills him she goes back into the the warehouse to shower again to get cleaned up and she hears this banging on the door to like the locker room this like really heavy slamming slamming, repetitive banging she goes looks out the door there's nothing there except for the car she was dancing on in the show lights on lights on yeah and she goes and she gets into the back seat and uh the car starts like rocking and Bumping on like hydraulics and shit, um, and we do we do get one important cut to her inside the car alone, which is important because it means that there's not somebody in the car who she is having sex with. She is having sex with the car.
2: Oh, it is. Oh, it's implicit. It um, is yes. It and is explicit. It, it,
0: yeah, it's it is explicit that yeah. she is having sex with the car, not a person. Inside but, the, yeah, Let's, let's talk about
2: like the the frame. It's kind of hot. It's too. powerfully <laughs> hot, dude. No, dude. Like I activated. Like uh, <laughs> whoa. Um, uh, yeah, this is this is exhibit A, B through Z, like of uh, what I meant earlier in this film. Okay, so you you explained the events, but let me let me explain like the the dressing or the dripping in this case. <laughs> like uh, she she's she's showering. Um, also, like the. In the previous scene, where she'd killed the guy with her, uh, with her, um, her hair. What's the term it's for a that knitting stick? needle?
0: Yeah, it's a knitting needle or a chopstick or something like. it's, yeah. it's for holding for, um, for holding a, a hair bun together yeah.
2: and a hair spike. Uh, But like when she does, like he, he's over the back of her shoulder at that point, and like his his eyes roll into the back of her head, and he's like vomiting up like white bile. Yeah, he's like like all over it. her he's, shoulder, like, and like at the mouth. so she's yeah. covered in like his fluids. And, um, uh, when, like, she, she deals with him and whatnot, and so then, like, she showers it all off, and she's, she's still, like, naked in the shower when there's, like, the, the heavy slamming on the door, Mm. and when she walks out, like, she's still, like, wearing nothing and, like, dripping Um, and there's this, like, incredible shot of, like, like, her walking towards the car, like, in silhouette by the headlights, like, water dripping along the ground. Is like, the engine is, like, revving sexually. and It's very erotic. The the camera is, like, very low, so the car is, like, made to feel, like, particularly, like, domineering. And, like, she enters the car, and then, well, like, like, the car (laughs) enters her. Like, it's, um, but as the car begins to, like, bounce on hydraulics, like, it is... It is comedic. Like yeah, it's like capacity. the the Eddie Guerrero car. You do know it reminded me it's of? like a Cholo it, yeah. car. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It reminded me of the the bit in in Watchmen like where like Night Owl hits the 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 flame Flare jet by accident and like at the same time uh like the, they're like climaxing like the flame jet yeah. goes off. Um, very on the nose. Very, very yeah, very much so. Um and uh but like as the car is like rising off the ground. It's like leaping so much on hydraulics. Like yeah. it's so heavy. Um, it's the extremely the engine revving is like so rich and overpowering and growling. It, it's it's a jaguar, right? Like um uh, it's it's a it's bestial. And we cut to the shot of her in the car where her hands are bound on the other side by the seat belts, mm-hmm. like, like, uh, holding herself in, uh, like, as she's just, like, bouncing up, like, oh, my God, wild shit. Um, uh, and it, it's very clear, like, like, uh, like, she's, like, in, in, like, excruciating ecstasy. Like, during this, like, it is very clear, like, she she is just being yeah. fucked by this machine. It's heavy, man. It's really heavy.
1: Yeah, Yeah. well, I, I want to compare it to, uh, there's this movie a few years back, Ridley Scott movie, The Counselor. I don't know if either of you ever saw it or heard not of see it. Was, that. It was pretty bad. Something the with
0: Matthew McConaughey.
1: Yes, okay. uh, but in that movie, Cameron Diaz fucks a car. And she is just humping the shit out of it. Oh, that's the one based off the Cormac McCarthy book, right? Okay, I remember the
0: previews for that.
1: The reason why that doesn't work where this does work, I think, comes down to framing and implication. Mm -hmm. I think the framing of it, you know, we see her ecstasy through the sunroof of the car. We see details Rather than just seeing, you know, Cameron Diaz on the hood of the car humping the shit out of right. it, mm. like it's so much more erotic in what is
2: implied. But yeah, and what what's crazy too is like we, it is very explicit, but in the same breath, nothing below the waist. No, right? I mean we no. don't we don't know the technical details. Well, like again, uh, of the of the this this like alien intercourse or whatever like, we, don't, do we don't we don't know how that rolls, which is way worse. Frankly, Well,
0: also because it, I don't once again like I don't think it's supposed to be taken literally. I don't think this is one of the aspects of the film. Oh no, she's We're not what you're like, supposed yeah. to read is literally. It's like no, no the, the car has not come
2: yeah. to life. You know, and she's not I like, will say, yeah. but we, we, we know that literal. that
1: car has a stick shift.
2: Sure, but she's <laughs> in the back seat. <laughs> <laughs> right, but like, she's in the back seat, and like all the rest. Of, like, like the point is, is like there's no like physical yeah. like implication like within like the inner workings of a car that would make sense there. It feels like the scene in Tetsuo, the Iron Man. Yes, you know, this is movie, a, this movie like is, Sucomo, is a double yeah. feature. Like this movie would double feature very well with te- like any of the Tetsuo I films. See that. Yeah. Or crash. Yeah. Um, yeah. And yeah, it's, it's you, whether like we don't see anything below the waist, but like what's forced into my imagery is like some Tetsuo shit. Like yeah. it, and it's worse because I like, it, it's heavier to me because it's all implied. Point is, uh, TLDR, some heavy shit.
0: Yeah. Well, uh, I I mean we're we're pretty we're pretty good ways into the podcast already, so there's no re- reason to gloss over it because we'll be talking about it a lot. Yeah. The car gets her pregnant. Yep. That is like a, a big central impetus of of the film. Uh, An impregnatus. Imp, ooh. That's like awful. That. I, I hate that. Yeah. That I, yeah, that was, that. Yeah, I, I
2: regret yeah. everything.
0: Yeah the the car the car gets her pregnant and that is something that she is struggling with through the the remainder of the film uh, in you know ex- exceedingly difficult and grotesque ways once we get to the second half of the film which mm-hmm. we should work our way into here shortly but yes after after this scene you know this is still pretty much right at the beginning of the movie when this happens then we see like her her little date with Justine. Uh, where she similarly uh, freaks out while, you know, they're like making out and kills her the exact same way with the, the knitting needle or chopstick or whatever through the ear. Um, but then it's not enough to just kill Justine. Then she has to cover it up by murdering all of Justine's roommates. He's yeah. so funny. Um, like, that scene is horrifying. incredible,
1: but I yeah. don't want to gloss over the relationship with Justine too much. I think there's some very intense elements of it i i think the pulling Shark. of her nipple is one of the most cringe inducing oh. elements i've seen in a movie yeah. in a while she where, like bites it yeah, yeah and just stretches it with her teeth and what's so interesting to me is you know after we see them make out for the first time one of the next scenes we see is uh, alexia in the bathroom and she is trying to abort herself yes. because she realizes she's pregnant, and she's like leaking motor oil. Motor oil
0: from between her legs. Yeah,
1: that's that's how she knew. Well, um, she, I mean,
0: she she sees like a, a a baby bump starting to develop, but also like yeah, she continues to find
2: like black motor oil between her legs for for a good portion of the film. Like the the baby bump. Can almost be read as like her, like kind of like forcing out her stomach, you know. Like there's a little like strain in her back whenever she looks at it, and it it feels like for a while I was thinking like it's in her head, you know. Like I mean, clearly, regardless, 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 it is sure, (laughs) yes. But it's really neat how that is set up to be implied because like even like like the the uh, for like a large portion of the film when she starts like binding herself to quote hide it, yeah. Like it feels like. It could be very well read, literally read as it's just how she perceives that she's. Well, that's right the thing. Out. it's
0: like we 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 do see her like very forcefully binding down her her stomach and her breasts throughout the movie. So like, yeah, there is something to be said for that, but we really only ever see like how pregnant she is, like when she's alone, like in her room or in the bathroom or something, like looking at herself. Like throughout the for rest of the time. movie, whenever like even towards the end of the movie, I'm like yes, yeah, she's binding herself, but when she's around other people, she doesn't look pregnant. Mm-hmm. Which
2: could be said for the binding. We don't really know.
0: Right. Which is
2: why it
1: works. Yeah. It feels more like a metaphor to me, again, of the trauma and her relation with trauma and connecting with people. I mean, we keep seeing throughout the film that come up in scenes right Mm -hmm. after she has connection with people and closeness Mm -hmm. with people. It's always brought up at
2: the same time. Yeah.
1: It kind of bounces back and forth because I think she's... Dealing with those things yes. every time she connects to someone, and I think that's a great example in the scene with Justine. You know, like once she starts feeling close, that is emphasized. And- yeah,
0: it's it's like it's like every time she tries to be again quote unquote normal, like you know, I'm not trying to bash on quote-unquote non-normal or whatever but like it's it's every time that she's trying to be normal and make a human connection that like the presence of like the car baby or like the sexual arousal towards cars like comes to the forefront the most it's like every time she tries to connect with a human being her mental illness or whatever inserts itself to make sure that she cannot do that her trauma her
1: trauma yeah um Let's go back to the scene where she starts killing the whole household so because honestly it's yeah. probably my favorite scene in any movie this year so far. Mm-hmm. Um I think it's just incredibly well done and a perfect blend of like horrifyingly grotesque and visceral and mm-hmm. really funny because you know it's almost a comedy of errors in that like she kills Justine and then A roommate appears around the corner. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And well, it's like every time she kills one of them, she thinks she's killed everybody in the house, and, and we then do then, too, yeah. And then another one appears, mm-hmm. it's like, oh it's, fuck! So by the end of it, she's killed like four or five yeah, people in it, this house. It's
2: it's like a, it's like it's timed like a fucking symphony, like yeah. like the it's such a roller coaster of emotions. Like it's so well paced, um, where where we're we're constantly like led into like the depths of despair and gratuity as she like has to murder another one of these roommates and Just and like brutally and, brutally and we take it. In all of their despair and then it's immediately led back to her perspective where she's just like like exhausted by this and then another roommate another makes their appearance. Out. Right at the end of that sequence, there there is an
1: interesting tell, I think, in one of the roommates is like uh, pulling her down the stairs and Alexia falls down this hair, the stairs and hits her head really hard against the wall. And early at the beginning of the movie when they're first putting in the plate um, they say, you know, it's a titanium plate, and she'll be fine as long as she doesn't like hit her head really hard.
0: I'm glad you brought that up because the next instance of severe head trauma after that is when I think it completely enters the world of of uh, hallucination and fabrication. After that, really, I
1: think that's the moment I'll, for me. But um... that
0: that is that is. I think that that is is an important step. But uh, I'll work us us to the next one, um, and I'll I'll explain why I think that that's the specific one. So after she kills uh, Justine and everybody in the house, she goes home, and she tries to burn her clothes that are covered in blood in, like, a trash can in the basement. And uh, it gets out of control, starts burning the rest of the house... Uh, there's this really great scene where, like, she goes upstairs and, like, looks in her parents' bedroom, and, like, her dad is awake, like, watching TV, and she just, like, takes the key out of the door on his side and just, like, closes the door and locks it, um... And and leaves and you know leaves her parents to burn to death in the house. That very much feels like a well. I've just killed five other people. Like and I've now I've started a fire in my house that is getting out of control. I hate my parents anyway, so might as well. I like, gotta say, what know?
1: kind of bullshit French architecture lets you lock a bedroom door from the outside?
0: Uh, as somebody who's spent a fair amount of time in Europe, that is not just France. That is uh, a lot of buildings in Europe. Is that you have a, a physical key. In the doors, instead of like just the locks that we have on our doors, and you can uh, take it out and use it on either side of the door. Very common. It feels antiquated, but uh, that's, I guess that's it's, so it's still dumb. a thing. It's still a thing. Um, but uh, yes, yeah, so she then goes on the run. Um, to, uh, you know, because obviously she has just killed a shitload
2: of people. She's um, out on the lambs, she's, she's
0: Oh, damn. <laughs> um, so I think she, she hitchhikes down to like Marseille or something like that. Um, and, uh, she, uh, is in like a train station, and sees like a uh like a police sketch of herself like on, on like a jumbotron and is like, okay, I have to disguise myself. So she goes into a bathroom and uh cuts off all of her hair. Um and then to further disguise herself, she decides to oh. uh, break her nose. Oh my god! Which is that is that is where I think that <sighs> it, it true. That's the moment where it truly separates reality from fabrication because it is another moment of head trauma because she breaks her nose by slamming her face into like a sink. in and the And she also
2: physically becomes another person. So like well, the, visually, the metaphor carries. exactly.
0: Then that's that's the reason because it hard cuts from her slam. Her face into the sink to our new character Vincent. The
2: transformation is complete.
0: It's it's smash cuts from there to introduce mm-hmm. this character who we have not henceforth scene in this movie and he's at a police station and they're telling him like, Hey, we found your son who's been missing for like 20 years or whatever. And it's, he looks in the room and it is Alexia with all her head, her hair shaved off and like her face. busted. It's
1: absolutely demented because like, before we see Alexia make this transformation of sorts, she sees, you know, on a little, uh, you know, screen, Yes. At, in the train station, airport, whatever it is, um, of like this missing child as like a rendering of what he They've, would look like today. Yep.
0: Yeah, there are multiple there are multiple kids who have been missing for like decades and they show them like aged up, like here's what we think they would look like today. Um and so, like, that's that's why I think that that's the the dissociative break right there, because it's after she's seen that. We've seen the the stuff of, like, Adrian on the TV before, so, like, it's already been in her head. But it's from there that we're introduced to Vincent, who is the father of one of these boys who's been missing. And at this point, Alexia has been picked up by the police. We don't know why. They obviously don't think she's Alexia, because they're not, like, charging her with murdering all of these people. They think that, oh, it's it's this, this kid who's been missing for twenty years, and they even say to Vincent, like, Hey, like, is this your like we'll we'll do we'll do DNA tests, like, to be sure, and he's like, Nonsense, like you think I wouldn't recognize my own son? And he uh takes Alexia home, and the rest of the movie is like him trying to imprint his dead and her missing and dead son onto Alexia, and her trying to take on that persona because it's the most loved by another human being she's ever been,
2: mm-hmm. and and from a position of uh, platonic love, yes, as well, and and that which changes the whole scenario. Uh, but I do have something I, I want to kind of come back around to where Ben, you identified like her transition point as being at the house, yeah, like first. I think it highlights one of the greater successes of this film, that every event is... Given such tension and weight that it feels like a catalyst of some kind. And I think there's a there's an epiphany in every single scene. So yeah. I think there's credence. You can you can you can give everyone well, I I that think same she's, credence. I
0: think she's breaking the whole time. I think she's yes. in the process of breaking the whole time. Like obviously, like we've said, in a different way. she doesn't she doesn't literally fuck like a living car and get impregnated by it. Sure. Like this is this is all her her sort of spiraling out of control and reaching this point where she decides. Associates entirely and invents an, a, a completely new life for herself which is why i think that it's at that moment that they introduce vincent and bring in this whole other aspect to the story i think that that is the rest of the film from that point on i think is entirely in her head i think the whole thing is hmm. um, and you know maybe maybe not the whole thing but like I think that's like, yeah, she slams her face into that sink and there is like that's her invention of this boy who I've seen on the news, like his dad's looking for him. What if his dad found me and then I was his son and like all of this? Like it's, you know, it's
2: if you think about it, it's basically the same plot line as Dear Evan Hansen.
0: Exactly. It's the yeah. exact same plot line. <laughs> yeah. But this is well. but this is where this this whole part is where you mentioned at the beginning, Ben, that the film takes a really dramatic left turn and becomes something mm. completely different. Yeah,
1: becomes about family. It becomes it becomes uh, family. <laughs> family. Well, yeah, it's, it's, about it's family. Stopped,
0: it stops being yeah. about like her her murder rampage, which I thought the whole film was going to be about, frankly. And then it's just like, well, now she's been uh, as as like a thirty year old woman. She's been quote unquote adopted by this like heavily damaged and broken man who has been unable to accept the loss of his son for like two decades to the point that he I think he knows from the moment he sees her in the police station that like that's not his
2: son. But he's so desperate Well it's in, yeah, there, there, I mean there's a there's a extreme levels of denial. Yes. You know? He's
0: so he's so desperate to have his son back that it doesn't matter that this isn't literally his son. This can be his son.
2: Mm-hmm. You know. Well, and and too like it's it's later implied that like his son is definitively dead.
0: Probably, yeah. Like like
2: his son was never lost or ran away. You know, like like that his son died and it's just his me like that's how I read it. Like and that like that's his means.
0: Well, I think I think it's pretty obvious that like after 20 years like yeah, his son is probably dead. I don't think there's anything to in the film to, like, heavily suggest that his son, like, died in an accident or something, or, like, how the son died, but the son has been missing for decades. Like, the odds of him being alive are, like, basically nil. Yeah. So, it's it's his, it's it's Vincent's attempt to cope with that loss, and it's like, he's going, he's, he's just, like, going through, like, a horrible midlife crisis in general. Like, he's a firefighter, he's coping with not only the loss of his son that he's never been able to get over, but he's coping with his aging. We see him in like injecting himself with steroids multiple times. Uh, like, juicing, like, crazy and then, like, crying because he can't do as many pull-ups as he used to be able to do, you know?
2: Yeah. Like, I love I love that shot of, like, him, and they, they use it in the trailer, like, like of him, like, looking into the mirror, like, beefing himself, like, straining yeah. to, like, yeah. beef himself up. Like, and there's, like, three, like, it, it's, like, a triple mirror, so, like, we get, like, these, like, shots of three of them from around the back. I mean,
0: the, the trailer is so vague, like, I went into it thinking that, like, he was, like, a killer,
2: yeah! yeah. he, like,
0: kidnapped her or something. Well, and because and I was thinking about it, too, because, like, he is heavily featured... Or, like, a killer in, duo? He is, like, heavily featured in the trailer, and, like, throughout the beginning of the movie, like, we're seeing on the news constantly, like, there's these children that have been missing for years. So, I thought that when he was first introduced, I thought that he was, like, the one who... He was, like, a serial killer. It was, doing, like, been, a killer like, versus
2: killer thing, yeah. Yeah, that he
0: had been, like, killing these kids for all these years. And, I mean... I guess, I guess maybe, I guess but it, guess yeah, guess maybe it's, it's possible. I don't see that as think so. I don't think no, so. No, yeah, yeah. He doesn't. He doesn't he's seem. He doesn't seem like a malicious force.
2: Just mm. like like it seems like they, it seems like he he he's a serial adopting people as his son er and letting them run away er like yeah maybe it's probably what I, would, what I would perceive as he's he's a as. he's
0: a he's a deeply damaged grieving individual in a way that Alexia can relate to because she is the same. Yeah.
1: And I think what makes that, that dynamic work so well for me is like the establishment of Alexia as like a serial killing sociopath essentially in the first half of the film creates a sort of tension where like the relationship between the two at first, feels very opportunistic yes. for Alexia in that, like, this is a disguise yeah, to totally. keep her away from the cops. And whenever she has the moment, she's going to run away from this situation and go somewhere else. And she as tries to. and she does when when that moment mm-hmm.
0: presents itself, she does. And then very quickly is like, we we should also mention that like this film is not very dialogue heavy. There's actually like quite long periods of like very little talking because it
2: it knows perfectly how to show and not
0: tell well exactly because it's like we can intuit all of these things that we're saying without being told it's like yeah she does at one point like run away it's like i gotta get away from this weirdo who thinks that i'm his son and then like very quickly like she's not even out of the house yet she's not even out of the building yet and she like stops and comes back because like yeah, this dude is a fucking weirdo. Like, he's treating me like I'm his son, even though he knows I'm not. But also, like, this is probably the best I've ever been treated by, like, another human being. Well, like, what's so, the most
1: I've ever been loved before. What's so interesting about that is she runs away after the scene where she tries to kill him. Yeah, that's right. You know? Uh, she has a moment, you know, where they're together and she pulls out the the knitting needle Mm -hmm. and goes at him and tries to stab him and it turns into a bit of a wrestling match of sorts. I love that scene. And, uh, yeah, well, I think what's so fascinating about it is, you know, the situation is read in two very different ways depending on what character you're looking at. And I think the dynamic in that whole scene is so fascinating. Because, uh, you know, the father sees it very much as kind of a fraternal thing. Yeah. And doesn't feel the danger. It's like, oh,
0: yeah, just wrestling with my son like I do, like you do, you know? (laughs) Just so good old-fashioned (laughs) Greco-Roman (laughs) son-tussling.
2: Well, you know, like, and they they pull out the spike, you know, like, and try it, like, openly as well, like, later. And uh, even still, like, you know, like... He doesn't treat it with like animosity, you yeah. know. Like he treats it like in almost like a a fatherly like like a, a very like alpha fathery kind of way, where you know yeah. it's like like really this, you know, well, like come thing. on, like, throw some punches. He's
0: a macho guy. Like he's a fire. He's a he's the captain the of like, the, of the fire brigade. You mm-hmm. know, like that's yeah. why he's juicing. Like, he's the he's, fireman leader. <laughs> he's he's trying to like he's alpha. trying to <laughs> regain like the his like his his lost sort of alpha status that is you know decaying as he gets older Mm -hmm. and what a a really nice moment too is like later she does have like a a moment where she could legitimately kill him where he's in like a vulnerable position because he like ods on his steroids kind of like he takes too much Mm -hmm. and she like finds him like in a stupor in the bathroom and like if she wanted to kill him that would be the time to do it, right? I mean, you get the you get the impression too that like he's maybe like trying to kill himself too. Like maybe that's why he took more well, steroids than he should have. Yeah, inadvertently or not. It's yeah, it's it's a self-destructive thing. Exactly. But that that ends with that that scene ends with her, you know, sort of like taking care of him, like holding him on the bathroom floor, and like she calls him dad. Like she that's the moment where she like decides to fully assume the role of his Son. <laughs> well we
1: should make clear that's the first time she speaks to him up until yes, then that correct. that's correct she a very good point. stays completely, completely silent, silent around yep. him obviously because she is pretending uh so she didn't want her voice to be a giveaway per se and that's the point where she realizes you know he doesn't care Yeah, it doesn't matter. Well, I mean... She doesn't care either. She
0: doesn't care. At that point. And the, the moment that we know for a fact that he doesn't care either, like, he definitively knows that she is not his son and doesn't care, is, like, he walks in on her, like, in the bathroom later with, like... Binding. Yeah, when, like, trying to bind down her, at this point, like, very pregnant belly, and, like, she's obviously topless so like he can see that she's a woman and he doesn't say anything about it at all except for he says like no matter who you are you're my son and I'll always love you. <laughs> and another thing too like another like really nice little detail I noticed this is kind of jumping around a little bit but at that same scene he like puts like shaving cream on her face and like starts to shave her is like we'll 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 help it we'll help it grow in. I don't know if you guys notice this, but like after that, like in the last couple of scenes, this is close to the end, like she's got a little bit of five o'clock shadow like on her upper lip. Yeah. Oh, like yeah. yeah, like she's she's yeah. like growing a mustache a little bit. And that's another reason why I think like the thing's the whole thing, fucking yeah. thing is in her head. It's like she's like willing this transformation into being, kind of. Mm-hmm. Um
2: Yeah, and, and and it's great too, because again, like 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 teaching your son how to shave is like such like a like a fundamental like uh like trope or aspect of like being a dad
0: sure and the kid went missing when he was like 10 so it would have been before you know he could like teach his son to shave <laughs> yeah so. so
2: he's trying to have those moments right you know yeah. like they were taken from him
0: and it's yeah it, it, it it's so like the turn that this movie takes is so weird like it it's still like really kind of like dark and disturbing and weird but also like very touching, like, well, multiple times. And
2: that's, like, the yeah. seed of the tension, right? Like, that well, it, and it, like it, it somehow, yeah. like, finds these moments. with well, this person who's, like, killed, like, like massacred, you know, like, a, a group of people at this yeah. point, it still manages to, like, rope us in, back yeah. in with them. Like, even after they've disfigured themselves and all the rest of it, you know, where, like, your, your tropey shitty films would, like, make it, like, oh, now, because physically they're the monster now, that's actually sort of when they become the most, like, passive and open. Um, you know, as, like, they become this, like, they, they take on this, like, strange role. Yeah. It works for many reasons, but on a, like, a slasher gratuity... Gratification aspect, it works because by that point in the film, she's killed as many people as like any any odd Jason. Like yeah, they've, like, they've like gotten, that,
0: they've, they they rack they rack up the entire body count of the film in like the first thirty to forty minutes of the movie, and then after that, it just becomes something totally different. But there's always that tension of like that implied threat of violence, like hanging over every scene, because like we've seen what Alexia is capable of in the rest of the movie, and even though she never follows. Through on any of that in the rest of the movie. It's like, it's always there. It's like she could fucking snap and start killing people again at any moment. I
1: think a great example of that is the firefighter who realizes yeah you know the jealous firefighter
0: who yeah. like is is like what it sort of wants to be the son or whatever and mm-hmm. then like he brings in this stranger like oh here's my son he's he's gonna be you know he's gonna be like the new chief someday or whatever
2: mm-hmm. and well, it's that patriarchal thing you know where yeah. it's like you know you see like the chief is your father and like eventually at some point like the chief will will allow you to become like the head head of the firefighter family yeah you know yeah the the scene where
1: he figures it out is so funny because he's looking on his phone and he sees a police sketch and he looks up and looks down. And like, it's just her. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Like, oh. I also want to mention the scene right before that where they go to help the, the old man who's had uh, a heart attack.
0: The guy who's OD'd on heroin. Yeah, and what his is... mom, and then his mom like starts having a heart attack, like while they're trying. It's to so funny! Oh my in. god!
2: Yeah, just another like comedy of of errors. Like, yeah. yeah, just one like horrible True. event. It's, but it's, it's like it's at great. the same,
0: but at the same time, it, like it's another kind of like weird touching moment because you know, like it is the,
2: the he's teaching a lesson.
0: Well, yeah, he's he's talking Alexia through it, like he's teaching <laughs> his son, <Macarena>. like Arena. <laughs>
2: They <laughs> do macarena,
0: yeah, yeah, exactly the the macarena,
2: oh, I which is a thing macarena. like EMTs yeah. do. Like like I've, I've uh, I have a, a buddy um, uh, who is like an EMT, uh for a while, and he was saying like like that's that's how you learn it is like doing the macarena. So I knew that going into the film. So when they started doing it, and they, they sing out the whole process, yeah. of it, like it, it's a it's really drawn out. Like he's just trying to like resuscitate this person, and then he, he says to the younger guy like Okay, you take over." Well, and, and like he's Vincent's, like directing the whole thing. Vincent's very. What a scene. Bent,
0: bent on resuscitating the kid because, like, the guy's mom is there, like, she's the one who called it in so, like, he sees the parallel like, the loss of a child and, like, it sends the mom into, like, cardiac arrest, like, the, like, losing the son. So, like, Vincent's, like, he he sees the parallel, but with himself and is, like, no, I gotta I, I gotta, mm-hmm. like, save these people. And... I don't think we really find out whether they're saved or not. Like, it kind of just cuts to the next scene, right? Like, Mm -hmm. it's been a couple weeks since I saw this movie. Uh,
2: Um, And it shows, too, like, in a cool way, like, the, the importance of giving people, like, who've had to deal with something responsibilities. Yeah. Um, like, that can be, that can be really, and again, again, I'm not really speaking from a position of authority on this, um, uh, but, like, uh, from what I understand, like, it can be really helpful to give people, like, tasks and, like, like, things to do when they're dealing with something because it gives them something agency. Something to focus on. Exactly, yeah. something to focus something
0: on. to distract and, them. And,
2: you know, and, like, when it comes to, like, like, looking after someone or, like, looking after pets, it helps them, like... Look after, give some agency over looking after themselves, or yeah. they might not be able to. And it is, it is the ultimate version of that. Like she's having to like save a life. <laughs> Talk about the yeah. ultimate distraction. <laughs> like, um, uh, uh, yeah, and like the way, like yeah, he he orchestrates the whole thing as a lesson. Like in the moment is wild. I I, I gotta say, like if, if um if y'all hadn't brought up that scene, I would I would have almost forgotten about it. And now like we're talking about it, I can't imagine how. And it's it's just that. This movie, like every, there are just so many moments like this yeah. that are so powerful and weighted and con- and contextually like heavy and can be broken down. Um, every scene, whereas, like, every it's, scene it's, in this
0: movie is important, and we're you know we're we're talking about a lot of them in broad strokes because like we have to.
2: Yeah, like, um, there's uh, not enough time. Uh, to we're gonna be here all day otherwise. Scene, yeah. But like each one of these scenes holds the weight of the one waxing scene in in raw. That scene, yeah, it was sure. for me. It was like watching that scene for two hours, and like that's like the to me, like that's the the peak of of that film. And I adored that film. I think I gave it a five. It's the peak of that film mm. for me. And and for this film, like it was able, it was able to maintain that for the entirety of the film. And I didn't think that was possible. Like I, I, I would, I would feel at some point I would be worn out or worn down. And I was pretty like exhausted by the end of this film, but. It does such a good job of holding that tension. Yeah. And, and, and and giving away at just the right time, using just the right amount of black comedy to to pull you back in, just to put you on edge. And I just truly like master class. Uh, I, I mean yeah, I'm I'm just I'm so I'm just so like floored by like how fucking Good, the craftsmanship of like the making of this film is from every angle: writing, direction, acting, uh, across the board. Uh, and, and again, like too, when it comes to like motifs and and themes and allegory. I, mm, mm, I I'm sorry, I, this is stuff for the. We should be like reading it at the end. I think you already. Well, know. But, like, let's, we have more. We're,
0: we're pretty close. I think we we just really need to talk about the end of the movie. Um, Can we talk about the the fire truck yes, dance? Fire dance. Yes, fire truck that's, dance. That the other. We that's cannot, other cannot not scene. talk about that.
2: We have to. Oh man. Yeah,
0: so like we we see that a couple of times like the 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 fire brigade have like these like little rave dance parties at the fire station. Very French of yeah, them. Yeah, very French. Uh yeah, very very French. <laughs> very
2: and, gay but not intended as so. Yeah. Oh, well, I mean that's just yeah. the life of a fireman, right? Like powerfully homoerotic.
0: Yeah. Um, um but they uh at, at at the end of one of these uh Alexia kind of, uh, loses a little bit of control of herself and sort of, like, reverts back to her old personality to a degree and starts, like, uh, like, sexy dancing, like, on top of one of the fire trucks, just, like, in front of the whole fire brigade, who at this point, all of them believe that, like, she is the captain's son, and then she like gets on top of the fire truck and just starts like reverts
2: like, to her old self, and starts, she does like, like the same, like, same kind twerking. of
0: dancing. Yeah, like very feminine, like very erotic, and it's like it's, I, I think. Like the music is even off at this point, isn't yeah, it? And she's yeah, just yeah. she's just like up there dancing, and like the whole fucking fire brigade is just like watches, like what the fuck is going it is, on? It is here? amazing, like like
2: how at first they think it's funny because like it's like oh haha, like he's doing like a, a lady dance, and then but suddenly like they like gets really into it, and like and, and like, they and they're all like like just perfectly confused, like and like <laughs> it's like wait, this is kind of hot. What? Wait, like, I shouldn't be turned on. I be turned right. on by like, this? What's going on? And, like, it's it's so funny, man. Like, well, it's okay. Like,
0: it's like Vincent walks in, too, and he's just kind of, like, what the fuck? And, like, storms out. Like, I think that's a moment where he has, like, the hardest time, like, fooling himself into thinking that this is his mm-hmm. son, even though he knows that it's not really. We're just like, uh, what the shit? Well, and that ends, too, with, like, after they all leave, like, she then, like, goes into... Is it one of the fire? It's a yes, it fire truck. The fire I, I couldn't remember if it was the fire truck or it, one of their ambulances. Mm-hmm. Uh, and fucks and fucks the truck. she
2: fucks the she fucks the truck. Yeah, she, she fucks, fucks the fire the truck. truck. Yeah. yeah. Um, um, wow. Uh, yeah, I I adore that scene, and it pairs really well with uh, several of the other sequences where she she tries to find romantic love again with this father figure character, and they kiss um yeah, and there that's right. there's some other moments and like where like again it's another like crossing of the wires um and I, I found it to be like particularly powerful because the film starts out like so powerfully heterosexually gazed like even the lesbian sequences like they almost feel like designed for like hello cis men enjoy yeah, sure. like and uh like and as the film like shifts like it, it almost feels like like such a great like haha cis men <laughs> like what do you what do you think now? Like and it's I, I thought that was that was really um powerful and fun because like even then there are like a lot of those there are those sort of like incestuous overtones as well and it's it's brought around to like uh but then like those incestuous tones like break societally established like gender normatives, right? And like mm. now it's it's homoerotic. I, I wasn't expecting it and i thought it was really fascinating how like where i can see it like forcing people to draw lines where like they should have been drawing lines well before well it's it, like for this, like a... Uh, I, but i don't know i'm i'm also like very bi so like how did y'all feel about it being like cis hetero men how did how did y'all feel let's get that well to start. I, I i think I, this film is very rich
1: in explorations of identity uh in ways mm-hmm. that i don't feel equipped to talk about
2: yeah, I'll, I want to hear I want hear it. Also, I, I want to hear you talk about it. All
1: I'll say it.
0: about that is that like I mean as as a as a cishet man, like <laughs> I I'm I'm comfortable enough in my own sexuality that like this kind of stuff and like homoeroticism does not like Bother me I'm not I'm never like Skeezed out by it Like I think a lot of Like hetero men Probably are I will say Which is something That I wanted to bring up Anyway And I think this is A a good segue Into that Is um I went to see this with uh, with our friend friend of the pod Hannah, who has has been on many episodes. Hell yeah! Um, I was in Milwaukee, and we went to see this at the at the the Classic Downer Theater, which was a, a very wonderful experience. But I was talking with Hannah after we got out of the movie, and she said that she read the whole film as an allegory for being trans, and that was some that sure. was that was a view mm-hmm. that I had. I I did not pick up on while watching the movie, and I you know I like Ben I as as a as a cis het man like I don't feel equipped to like definitively say one way or another like. That kind of reading, because just like it's it's not something that I personally connect with, but I it
2: definitely is the binding like oh yeah, like, well, absolutely. but absolutely here's
0: here's here's my argument against that, and this is not again, this is not like a definitive argument because like i I admit that I do not have the proper perspective to say one way or another, but the reason why I think that this is not necessarily an allegory for being trans is because being trans is about accepting and taking on an identity that you feel like is yourself coming from an identity that is not you. Right. Whereas to a degree, to a degree, whereas this movie feels like she is forcing herself to take on an identity that is distinctly not her own, but seeking acceptance from others.
2: I see the thing about there is like a lot of, a lot of that experience um, again, also secondhand, but from how I've I've been led to understand it, and again, it's 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 different for every every individual person. But is there is a great deal of like self discovery in that? You know, like it, sure. it's not always like as <laughs> binary as like finding like like one at not being something and then becoming something, right? Yeah. Like there there are often like circumstances where like it there is a finding and like a, a changing of minds. Yeah. You know, as well. And like Or and even just considering yourself as
0: an as and, you know, gender non-binary. also as, like as our character, one or the other. Our know?
2: character has been forced into a position of normativity. Now, in this case, the normativity is just Homo sapio normativity. Yeah. Right? Culturally, they're in a position we've been talking about the whole podcast, is they're in a position of trying. To be normal in the sense of like pursuing relationships with people and but they are drawn to cars right and it is and that it can very very easily be shifted into being an allegory about being comfortable with being. Like who you male, yeah. female, femme, cis, whatever, yeah. like um, uh, neutral and being forced into that position and, and slowly discovering who you are and trying to either like hide it, bind it, put it down or or the opposite. And, and and become who you are by the end of the film. So I, I think absolutely it still stands. What I think- um, and that's the beauty of, like, a good allegory, right? Just like with Eraserhead, right? Like, there's a lot of texture here. And I think it's all of the things we've been discussing. It can be, like, about dealing with, like, incestuous abuse. It can be about, like, dealing with, like, other personal traumas. It can be about, like, just generally sexu- sexuality. It can be about gender normativity. It can be about... It can be literally about having to deal with like varied trauma, uh, traumatic events. There, there are there are many ways you can read into these things, yeah. and I think they're all by design. I think
0: I think that as a whole blanket statement the film is a, is about struggling with identity and acceptance and that there are many things under that extremely broad umbrella that you can plug in and mm-hmm. and read as necessary like that's that's the nice thing about a film like this that is not completely explicit with what it's trying to say like it's saying something and there are many ways to interpret it based off of your own experience and your own readings that's one of the things i like about one of the the reasons
1: (laughs) i feel ill-equipped to start examining identity in this film is i think it's very rich but also on a surface level it's almost reactionary to an extent. Mm. In solely surface-level reading, a serial-killing woman takes the opposite gender to hide. In a very surface-level reading of that, that's very reactionary. That's like a conservative, you know, saying oh, this evil serial killing man is pretending to be a woman to get away with it. Yeah. Like, put, at, on a surface this, level... Put this
2: movie next to Sleepaway Camp, see what happens.
1: <laughs> that's, that's... There's yeah, that's some complexities
2: discussion. there. You haven't seen that movie, yeah, so... There's a, there's, um, that's a
1: discussion for a different... Yeah, different um, but, like, I think this movie is much more rich... Than that surface level reading, yes. but at the same time, I do not feel like I'm the person to try to explain that. I think I think I I found much more richness in the ideas of codependency and yeah. uh, you know the idea of being taken care for and belonging. Yes. Um. And generational trauma.
0: Yeah, like I, I said, it's it's all about identity and acceptance, but how you want to specifically read those things is I think very up in the air.
1: And I think generational trauma is one of the most rich elements of the movie uh, for me. And I think it really emphasizes itself in the final scene when she gives birth. Yes. Um, She gives birth to this sort of metal baby. And one of the most explicit and focused elements of this baby is it has sort of a metal rod spine. Mm -hmm. And it's very evocative of one of the 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 first scenes of the film when we see her coming out of surgery where she has the metal fused spine as she's recovering. And I see that rhyming... Element Thank in the George film uh, yeah. as well. It's a, it's a motif, of no, yeah, right right. intergenerational yeah. trauma of that trauma being passed down from one generation to the other, and we yeah, also I don't mean to undercut. We also I see guess, that yeah. generational trauma in the way our main firefighter is projecting his own traumas onto.
0: Well, i I actually I actually read the ending of the film quite optimistically. I feel because it it feels. It feels like a literal moment of rebirth to me. Like when you're looking at it from the perspective of, uh, you know, a dissociative fantasy. Like Alexia dies in childbirth, as like Vincent is is, uh, you know, coaching her her through
2: it. You her know, old self is dead.
0: Her, but, yeah, and that's the thing. It's like, I, I do think this is all in her head, and it's like, you say, oh, well, she dies at the end, so how can it be in her head? Well, it's not a literal death. It is, it's it's an ego death. Yes. It is. It is the death of... Her old self giving birth to something new, giving birth to—because what what happens is as she dies, like, Vincent takes the baby and, like, cradles in it and says, like, you know, I'm I'm here for you. I'll always be here for you. He has lost a son— for which Alexia became a temporary surrogate, but by the end of the movie, through her own death, she has given birth to her new self, which is literally
1: a new child for Vincent
0: to raise as his own.
1: See, I saw that as codependency of, and sharing of trauma in a lot of ways. I, I don't think that's wrong. I don't think that's
2: wrong. I think it's definitely both. I, I, think, yeah. it's,
0: I think it's both. I, yeah. I mean, it feels. It feels optimistic to me, because like for for so much of the second half of the movie like she is trying to like physically bind down who she was to be this person that Vincent wants her to be because she seeks the love and acceptance and yeah it is codependency and a sharing of trauma like yeah that's what that's what brings them together but by the end she is able to fully kill off the old self that she seeks to discard and is able to bring in her new self as what Vincent needs her to be. It it becomes it is, is codependency well, here, here's
2: it feels, the cool part about it. It is we cut to credits right when we're left with the like just a spinning top of whether codependency has become co support. Right? Like when mm. and it basically asking the question, when is that? Right? When when does codependency become co support? And uh it can it? You know, and, and I, I don't I don't I don't think that question needs to be answered here on the podcast or like by the film. No, but yeah. but it is a cool question. And I think the answer is like neither nor or either or and it can you know, like it is yeah. it's a messy soup, uh much like the movie. But uh like <laughs> there you know, it that that is the nature of like, you know. It's you an
1: ending that I find very sweet for very strange and unique reasons. Yes. You know, it feels like in a lot of ways, it's it's their shared trauma. It's it's mm-hmm. you know a child. It's an encapsulation of a tr- child that is missing. You know, it's a child and, born
0: of their shared yeah, trauma. Yeah,
1: and it's also you know
2: metal and cars
1: and that trauma on yeah. the other side.
2: You know, and and like there there are like the the, the connotations to like society of uh, societally of like abominations. Like I mean, Jesus Christ, like so many, like, like horror works, you know, like, abominations through incest mm-hmm. as well and, and whatnot. And the fact that, like, they are in, like, the surrogate role of father and, like, father and son, and then we have, like, the other additionals of, like, father and daughter, like, at the beginning, and, like, again, like, hiding a pregnancy and, like, the shame in that, all again coming into play here as then he sort of becomes the father through her, you yeah. know? like Like, there is... A great deal of that, um, and also like taking that shame out of light, and again becoming like almost bringing good out of that is yeah. also like really deeply conflicted, right? Like, yeah, and totally. and worthy of, of of much deeper discussion. But there is so much in that, and and too like why? Well, also like we we talk about like like climactic events and and whatnot. Again, like yeah, the the, the movie does start with like the girl already angry at the father, you know. Yeah. like as a child mm-hmm. like there is something there and like that what we see the, like we see a we see a um what is likely especially implied by like the rest of the the non-literal events a non-literal impact of a moment right like uh whereas like the the moment could have been something much worse before that yeah. uh and it's all brought around like full circle by the ending and i think that this is frankly like the the best way like to approach these sorts of topics like through allegory and film just for me I, I just i find it i find it to be like like one of the best ways to like approach these things like in a safe environment like through like discussion over like a fantasy you yeah. know like film mm-hmm. and it's it's it is one of the perfect examples of how why horror is so important
1: Absolutely. you know as as a genre
2: because like other genres can't necessarily aren't really given the tools to talk about these sorts of things wow it's hard. It's heavy. But by talking about these sorts of things, we can better like come to terms with them Absolutely. and understand them, and uh, in, in ways that again like aren't necessarily allowed by other genres. And it's it can be very hard to take in, and and not for everybody too. You know. Also, no, like, no, no, and no. not everyone I don't no. think needs to and and should or whatever. Like, I would. But
0: I would. Broadly say that like this movie is probably not for like the the general average movie going yeah. in public. I think that it's I think that it's a little too vague uh, and a little too weird and disturbing for like most people who are just looking to go into a movie for a good time. Like this, this is this is a a a, a deeply strange. And and thought provoking film, but one that demands that you spend a lot of its runtime being uncomfortable. Yes, yeah. and like if you're if you're not into being uncomfortable, like if you don't like being uncomfortable watching a movie, this movie is not for mm-hmm. you. In the same way that Raw isn't, it's yeah. like if you don't like discomfort, avoid this movie. Yeah. And I think <laughs> you know? I just I, <laughs> I
2: think uh, yeah. To to sum it up, like this this film provides a a space you can talk about these issues.
0: Yeah, totally. You know, like
2: and I think it's important for, for, for us to do that well, too I think learn a, I think a lot of
0: important I think a lot of important reflection comes from being uncomfortable and like trying to unpack like why you're uncomfortable. Yes. Like I think I think that those that those kinds of emotions very much facilitate like introspection. Mm-hmm. Um and, and that's what I that's what I like about Julia DuCor now as a filmmaker. Like this is only her second film, which is fucking wild. It's insane. Uh especially yeah. considering like how much of a banger raw all Already is and like then this following mm-hmm. it up. It's like she is a filmmaker with a very clear vision of of like I'm going to force you to be uncomfortable, but you're going to learn something from it. Right? It know? is not.
2: It is never, never once discomfort for the sake of it. It is never apropos no. of nothing. Like it's there is always. Not- something there to it. And it's
0: it's never for shock value. Mm-hmm. Like it's like it's trying to say something and in so doing it's going to force you to bear witness to a lot of things that are going to make you feel icky,
2: yeah. you know? Which which again brings us full circle to our big jump starting event with the car fucking Right. This movie like activated me and then it, and then it forced me to think about things that would Im- immediately deactivate me, you know, like um, and I, I respect the fuck out of this movie for that. To go into all of these topics that would like personally force me like out of that scenario, but it often forces many people in is uh, an, an incredible way to like extend the bridge there. You know, like is is to reach across the aisle. And yeah, I I can't give it enough price.
0: Well why don't you throw a rating on that we've we've gone very long on this. Five. But, We're going
2: uh, into fifth gear on this movie. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> uh
0: okay, five for Cleve
1: Ben. What about you? Um yeah, I find this movie incredibly rich and, you know, unique. Um it feels like an incredible blend of Cronenberg and Sukamoto, you know, Tetsuo and uh, Claire Denis, even. I, I feel like there's a lot of similarities For with sure. this. And like Beau Good call. Good and, on you know, Denis. Desire and Longing. Um, very rich movie. It's all about family. <laughs> and uh, all, I, all I can say is uh, girls get it done. Um, I'm going to give it a strong four and a half out of five
0: yeah, uh, this this is one where I've I've kind of struggled on on my my rating a little bit. Um, just because like it for me, it comes sounds like where do I put this in comparison to Raw? And Raw is a film that I have seen many times at this point and I've had a lot of time to think on it and analyze it and like so much of my love for that film has come out of repeated viewings and like time to process it and I think that this film will be the same Um, but at this point I've only seen it once so there's still a lot of unpacking to be done for the moment I'm going to give it a very strong four and a half out of five, but this is absolutely the kind of movie that I think give me another viewing or two, and it will likely be bumped up to a five.
2: Mm -hmm. Um, I think alone, like, giving you that much to process and think about it, like, is a feat. Like it's I,
0: it's it's, you know, it's, like, like a, it's yeah. in it's in the position where like Ben, if you had given it a five, I would have gone ahead and bumped mine up to five, so it could be unanimous. But if you're feeling a strong four and a half out of five on it, it's like yeah, that's really where I'm at at this moment too. But uh, you know, like I said, another viewing or two, and and I I could I could easily see this being a five. Yeah, I think,
1: yeah, I think this is a movie much like Near Dark, where on a certain day. If it hits me,
2: it would be a five. Yeah,
1: um, I'm
0: the same. I, I think it's Raw, hard to say. Like, Raw,
2: Raw was, like, a really heavy movie for me, and I came out of it being, like, wow, I need time to process this, but I don't want to watch it again for a long time because, like, it it, it, like it hit me so hard. But for reason, even though I said, like, this movie, like, has the scenes of, like, the hardest-hitting moments of Raw... I'm still, like, drawn back to it again, yeah. and I'm, I'm like, I want to watch this movie again. But with both of these films, I felt the need, even, like, after the podcast and, like, talking about them in ad, ad nauseum, I still felt the need, and have been feeling the need since I watched Titan, like, or Titan, or whatever, Um, to, to, to talk about it. Like, I, I need to, like, process it and unravel yeah. it. And for a movie to give me that much sustenance is just so gratifying I mean there, there's there, there have been you know like 500 page you know like plus you know page books that have given me way less to think about yeah, and talk totally. about and, and I uh, and just to summarize all that in two hours I, I just two it's hours a, is yeah it's it's a and I will it's say I
1: will say experience. I was infamously the most lukewarm of the three of us mm-hmm. on Raw like I think it's a good movie but I don't find it to be a masterpiece I, I think sure. I think the the grounding of it Kind of stretches my suspension of disbelief Where mm. I feel like with this film I got a lot more out of it Because it was more explicitly surreal um, And I think this is an incredibly strong film And <laughs> one that will stick with me
0: Yeah, um, absolutely For sure Well, that gives Titan An average from the three of us Of 4.7 out of 5 pods if you've sat through this and it sounds appealing to you, and you haven't seen it, check it out. Uh, don't know if it's still in theaters. Probably not. Um, maybe in
1: a second run. Maybe house. it
0: was. Yeah, that's that's true. Uh, depending on where you live, you might be able to catch this. But otherwise, like, uh, yeah, check it out. It's fucking great. Um, well, we've we've run very long, so we'll keep the, the end proceedings pretty short. Next week, uh, we don't know yet. Uh, there's a couple possibilities for we'll, the next episode. We'll be watching be, a new movie. It will be it will definitively be a new movie. There are a couple of options. Uh, we have some uh, scheduling conundrums that need to be worked out. So uh, next
2: week it'll be a new movie. Stay tuned for a mystery. Stay
0: tuned. It, it could be one of a couple of things, uh, but it will be a thing. But it will be a thing. Uh, real quick, sponsor time. Oh, real quick. Sponsor we got a s- speed
2: sponsor this week. <laughs> <laughs> okay, here we go. What we got. All right, and this week is brought to you by... Dum. Crammy Handlemans, hammy Crandelman's, crammy Handelman's, hammy Crandelman's. Can you cram the ham with hammy Crandle? Cram Ham? <laughs> it's time to slam and right. ham that Crandall man. There you go. Well, that'll bring us to the end of this week's <laughs> episode. Come on and slam. You get it. You get it. <laughs> you get it. Yeah, <laughs> you get yeah it. we
0: got it. That'll bring us to the end of this week's episode. If you like the show, leave us a five-star rating and a nice review on Apple Podcasts. That really helps more than you can know to uh, help bump us up in the numbers and get us in more people's ears. And it only takes a few seconds of your time. So, if you haven't done so, please... Do so. Uh, you can also uh, support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash podpeoplepod. If you want to uh, support us with a monthly subscription, uh, there's a few different uh, tiers for you to subscribe to. Thanks to our honorary pod boys, Sam Simon and Sarah Morris. We Thank love and appreciate you. y'all as yeah. always. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter at podpeoplepod and check out our letterbox at letterbox.com slash podpeoplepod. Where you'll find a list of all the films we've talked about on the show, with our average ratings and links to those episodes. Check it out. Uh, I'm on Twitter at some spooky snake.
1: I'm on
2: Twitter at Mister Sheets, and I'm occasionally tweeting for Light Ark Studio. I need to tweet today. Uh, it's Saturday. Uh, <laughs> um, not uh, when this comes out. It's not. No, but as of right now, it's screenshot Saturday, and I need to, I need to hit that. Do it. Um, uh, and then, um, uh, yeah, because you're tweeting for Light Arc Studios, we put up progress on it. Stares back. Stay tuned. Um, uh, and uh, also, um, uh, working at DreadXP, uh, go check us out. Um, uh, uh, I, we're, we've got a, a ton of amazing games in the works right now, and, uh, and coming up very soon is going to be our spooky showcase. Um, go check out DreadXP on Twitter uh, and see some of the cool stuff that's going on there. Um, like, all the cool games. I mean, there are so many. There's, like, Dread Delusion, My Friendly Neighborhood, Spookware, um, uh, uh, Sucker for Love. Oh, my God. Like, so many, like, super cool games. You wanna, hey, speaking of uh, feeling deeply uncomfortable about fucking a fire truck, you want to feel the same way about Cthulhu? Go check out Sucker for Love. Oh my god, I've, I've not given Sucker for enough for Sucker for Love enough love. Oh my god, yeah, like go go check that out. Um, uh, it's coming soon, um, and uh, yeah, uh, that's that's it for me. Uh, yep, that that's it for all I guess of us. <laughs> uh, I'm I'm about to go hop in
0: the fucking whip, chop top, drop top, broom, broom, beep beep. <laughs> 11 Lamborghini, roll up in a blue bikini, bitches on the beaches looking super cute and freaky, all my friends are princesses, we keep it whipped and creamy, ice cubes on our tongues because we like to keep it freezy, 11
2: Lamborghini, get out on the right side, Should've stayed at home because my girl wanted to ride, Looking lux and tasting plush, i feeling so alive, wanna take it to the highway, come on let's go for a drive. Uh. All my life, I've been waiting
1: for a good time, a let me ride, let me ride All my life
2: I've been waiting for a good time A good time So let me ride Let me ride Let me ride, let me ride All my life I've been waiting for a good
0: time So let's ride Let ride Bitches know they can't catch me. Cute, sexy in my ride, sporty. Those sucks know they can't catch me. Baby, so let's ride. Bitches know they can't catch me. Cute, sexy in my ride, sporty. Those sucks know they can't catch me.
1: beep. and beep, so let's ride, let's ride.